morning and welcome to The Week on 3. I'm Christy Lai. Hope you're having a lovely start to your day. This week has been a very busy week for Hong Kong as lots of exciting international events have taken place this past week. After a three-year hiatus, the Hong Kong Rugby Sevens is finally back with more than 26,000 tickets sold. The event is still taking place until tomorrow and more than 16 teams will be playing at the Hong Kong Stadium in Causeway Bay. In fact, the top four finishers in both men and women competitions will secure an automatic qualification for the Paris 2024 Olympics. Though anti-epidemic measures are still in place, food and beverages will be allowed at the stadium, but only when seated. Organizers also wanted children to experience the fun and excitement of the event. And telling us more about their partnership with the Jockey Club is Robbie McRobbie, CEO of the Hong Kong Rugby Union. It is very much, yeah, yeah. No, we, we, uh, we're absolutely delighted with, with uh, the numbers for that. And we also, um, with the, the help of our friends from the Jockey Club, we have another thousand kids from NGOs and charities that we work with with our own community foundation who will be attending over Saturday and Sunday free of charge. So that's kids from the Deaf Rugby Programme, uh, we've got some some uh, some blind youngsters coming to it to enjoy it. Uh, special education needs. So yeah, look, this is this for me is it's a positive watershed. It's part of the the ongoing pathway back to normality. And you know, there's going to be as I say, 26,000 people who hopefully get the opportunity to let their hair down, have a good time, enjoy some fantastic rugby, right. enjoy some great live music. Um, you know, local local Hong Kong bands who've also had a, a rough three years. And let, let's remember, the other important thing about this is getting the events industry back, back running. The people who organize the buses and do the stadium build and do the sound and do the fireworks and that, they, they've had a dreadful three years, as we have had. You know, no money coming in uh, on, on their backsides. And so for them as well, this is this is a massively important weekend. Right. Get things going again, like with the snooker uh, last month and the events that are coming up. You know, we've got to get the events industry back moving. Right. The, the, the next Rugby Sevens here is, I think, scheduled for March? 31st of March, 1st and 2nd of April. Right. And will we then get back the mini rugby, the youth rugby, the women's rugby, and more we, men's teams? We will, but, but at the same time, um, this morning, as I speak... Uh, schools rugby that is being played at Sokompo and SCAA just across the road from, from the stadium. Uh, tomorrow morning and Sunday morning, both 8am to 11am, all the mini rugby will be across at Sokompo and SCAA. So it's not actually in the stadium, but it's, it's across the road. Um, but yeah, April, the idea is that that will come back into the stadium. We don't have the women's uh, teams this tournament because we clash with the women's 15s World Cup in New Zealand. But they will be here uh, in April, so we'll have the 16 men's and 12 women's core teams from the HSBC World Series. Okay, maybe we should give Professor Patrick Lau a chance now. Um, Professor Lau, what's your take on the resumption of the seventh? Of course, this is good because after the pandemic outbreak, this uh, is the first one to come back for back sports events. It's a very good news for everybody, though. Uh, you're not organize, you're, you're not involved in the organisation. If you look at it from the outside, um, how do you think uh, the seven, the sevens will function under the under these conditions? Do you think that it's going to lead to practical problems, or that um, it, it should all be perfectly manageable to go smoothly, Professor Lau? I think this is a must. As probably this said, um, right now 
we need to face the reality that we need to uh, maintain the social distance, uh, uh, the, uh, wearing the mask. Um, it seems we have no choice at the moment. But I think the most important thing is the, the return of the rugby seven as a demonstration effect to other mega sport events. But that's the first one. So I think this is so important to get it started this time. What other mega sports events do you hope would follow the rugby set? I mean, there have been quite a few that have already been cancelled somewhere into the future. What other mega sports events do you hope would follow the rugby sevens in resuming in Hong Kong? Well, Hong Kong has the traditions uh, I mean, for the Dragon Boat uh, races and uh, Hong Kong Cycle Fall, the Standard Charter Marathon and the Volleyball Championships. Those are the uh, very good um, mega sports events we have already held in past uh, decades. But what I'm thinking is because we are trying to um, further develop the sport industry after the establishment of the new bureau, um, so I believe we need to have a bigger and broader vision and uh, go to the more international events uh, more actively, more progressively. What, what sort of events should we be trying to attract that we haven't really had in the past? I think, uh, for example, the Formula One. We have been talking about this a long, a long time, and Singapore has a very good plan, and they are very, uh, uh, have a very ambitious to host this light race Formula One. The reason I raise this example is actually before Singapore uh, intend to bid for this light racing of Formula One, no country in the whole world dare to do so because the technical issue, the problem of lighting and light, is so challenging. If you don't have the, the technology and the government support, this is no way they can hold it. So I believe behind the scene, behind the beating of the special event, the whole government have to have to support the event 100%. Um, I'm talking not one or two events. I'm talking the uh, sport product, which is the uh, sport event championships itself, and the product extension. So. What, what are the basic practices to support us to be more and more international mega sport right. events, which is, uh, they need to have a more detailed thought. Professor Lau, I, I, let me just say I agree, agree entirely with what you've just said. I remember many years ago when I was in the government, I was talking mm -hmm. to people about Formula One uh, on the road in Hong Kong, and we tentatively identified an area where it might be practicable and so on, but it... I wasn't in a position within the government to give it that support. Um, and looking around for someone else uh, was a, a, lonely, a lonely task. So the fact that we now have someone senior uh, promoting sport, this is a very, very good uh, step in the right direction. Uh, and then a question from Mark, and perhaps, um, uh, Robbie, you could respond to this. Um, says, uh, for those on Amber Code or otherwise unable to attend the Sevens, how can they watch the rugby? Is it being broadcast? I think you already um, you addressed that, but maybe you want to mention that again, Robbie, McRobby. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yes, it, indeed it is. Um, so you can watch it on channel... Uh, it's on iCable, which on the free-to-air, um, you know, on your normal TV set for... for uh, for those like like me who, who still actually watch traditional TV, uh, is channel seventy six and seventy seven. Like seventy six is the English and seventy seven is the uh, is the Canto Pop. So uh, you can watch it free of charge, or you can watch it if you if you've got uh, iCable, cable, uh, then it's it's also on there. So yes, yes, indeed, you can watch it um, in Hong Kong free of charge, uh, and around the world. If you go on the World Rugby uh, Seven Series. 
website, then there is a, a button to click, and it will tell you around the world where you can uh, where you can watch, how you can watch. Robbie McRobbie, CEO of the Hong Kong Rugby Union, was speaking to Danny Gittings and Mike Rouse on Friday's back chat. Last Wednesday was a typhoon day, and if you have been in Hong Kong for a while, you'll be used to it by now. Though typhoons are very common during the summertime, we rarely see them when we're way deep into the autumn seasons. You'll even get a day off from school if it hits Typhoon Eight, as it can get really dangerous. Some have gotten hurt from falling debris and trees. Panic buying, especially before a typhoon, is pretty common, especially for the older generations. And telling us more about this phenomenon is Radio Three producer Yuki Zhang.、Mm-hmm. It still shocks me to this day that Hong Kongers, Hong Kong people,、mm-hmm. just you know panic buy during、yeah. typhoons, and the typhoons just for one day only. Yeah, that's true. I think that's what my mom are doing, still doing these days. I think yesterday. <laughs> What we did were, she buy? I don't know, like anything, like vegetables, because you know,、um, usually when it's typhoon day, the veggies are very expensive. And then also we'll get we don't get canned food these days, but then we'll just get meat. Okay. Oh,、yeah. uh, you see, that's that's typical. You know, that that that's I don't want to say normal, but that's、mm. like a, a normal, a typical sort of meal.、Mm. Where I live, or the, the things that I've seen, it's instant noodles are off the shelf,、yeah. tinned tinned food. <laughs> and I'm thinking, it's one day. Why do you need、yeah. to stock up on those? You should be getting like 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 your、yeah. mum getting yeah, fresh, fresh veggies、yep. and fruits. I remember there was a post on、um, a very famous forum on in Hong Kong,、um, and then the person was saying that it's. It's typhoon day, so that you know which flavor of instant noodles are less popular. So, usually people like to get the chicken flavor、oh, yeah. one, chicken for seafood flavor, yeah, the blue, the dark blue one. Yeah, and I like sesame oil. Oh, black sesame, yeah, black sesame, the black one. Oh, okay, is that the packet noodles one? Yeah.、Oh, okay, not the cup noodles one. Not the cup noodles. Oh,、one. I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay.、Uh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. That's、yeah. quite recent. That's quite、yeah. a new one. Well,、yeah. in the last ten years, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and I like Korean noodles as well. Yes, the noodles are kind of chewy. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what the brand is.、So、I'm not technically not advertising, <laughs> but the one with the raccoon is pretty tasty. Yeah, I yeah. like raccoon as well, and the one in orange. Yeah, also very we're, nice. We're totally not being descriptive. We're just like, yeah, orange yeah. one, the raccoon. I'm sure there are loads out there. <laughs> so, in terms of typhoon,、um, what is there? Is there a special name for typhoon in, in Chinese?、Um, I, I know some. I mean, Fengkao is、mm. the is the technical、yeah. term. But how can people call it like butthole ball? Um. Oh, that's a very good question. I didn't know that. Yeah. But then, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's just. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry, I, I'm just thinking out loud because they call it like bao feng kao or gua bao fo ba bao bo. Is it because kao kao means、uh, ball, so that's why they just call it bao bo. Oh yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Good connection. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And、uh, speaking of name, um, I was just actually researching because I find it interesting that each typhoon has its own name, and then uh for this time is nail 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 gay. Now I said Nalgi, but Nalgi. people say Nalgi. Nalgi.、Yeah. But actually, it's a Korean name. So it it was named by the North Korea. It was submitted by North Korea. So actually, um, each country or each places they have 
they will submit some names to the to the system yeah. and then if it's originated in North Korea then we'll just use the name so this time it's actually naige it means wings in Korean oh, because I thought this one was from the Philippines because I thought this was paeng because in the Philippines it was mm-hmm. paeng so I thought it was the one that was I, I'm not sure that's so interesting I just know that uh, yeah I was just googling and then um, it was just name after it was just name from the, from the origin. Yeah, the origin. Sup- oh. it's supposedly like that. That's so cool. Yeah, because uh, I, I, I always <laughs> it was my dream job to sort of come up with names for typhoons. Because <laughs> you know, well, yeah, okay. I mean, it was a recent dream job. But yeah. every time I, I read the names, I'm like, oh, that's so difficult to read. Why can't it oh, be yeah. something like yeah. you know, I don't know, Fiona or Cindy <laughs> or something? You know, that's yeah. easy. But I, but then it makes sense that each mm-hmm. typhoon actually has its own place of origin. Yeah. So it would. It would be the language um, of it, of its home. Yep. Yeah. There are actually some names that was um, that was submitted by um, Hong Kong, and I can just give it to you. It's kind of weird to me, but then yeah, I will just share it with you guys. Um, I think the first one is San San. Yeah, and then the second one is Ling Ling. Oh yeah, San San Ling yeah. Ling. It's just a random girl name, I guess. Um, and then there is one called Dovin Ba Hoi Tun. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, a lot of these storms, hurricanes, and and typhoons, they they sometimes have quite female sounding names like for example there's one mm. in the philippines called queenie mm. uh, there was uh, you know hurricane katrina mm, yeah, um, you know, yeah so right. i don't know are the, uh, do they have a gender <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah i think it's kind of maybe it's just random yeah or maybe it's just uh, please our listeners i'd love to hear from you are there any male typhoons are you you know sorry typhoons with male <laughs> names <laughs> i know the lack are, of sleep is real <laughs> <laughs> i know there are a lot of um typhoons named after animals like i remember there's one um maybe maybe it was from japan it it means rabbit or something and then um obviously just um dolphin that we were mentioning just now i think tree uh, flowers and tree names are also included as well um there's one in hong kong called ben yen so i think yeah i think it's also quite common to name it after plants or trees or animals Radio 3 producer Yuki Zhang was speaking to Noreen Mir on Brunch with Noreen. Apart from the Rugby Sevens, another event that took place was the Global Financial Leaders Investment Summit, where over 200 bankers and overseas attendees came together and held numerous panel discussions. The event was organized by the Hong Kong Monetary Authority, and it took place at the Four Seasons Hotel over in Central. This was also one of Hong Kong's first international in-person event in almost three years since the pandemic began. Some topics that were discussed were Hong Kong's role as an international financial hub, the future of sustainable finance, and more. Telling us more about the event was Daryl Chan, the Deputy Chief Executive Officer of the Hong Kong Monetary Authority. Uh, we have um, over a hundred um, global financial institutions joining us, and uh, more than two hundred participants. And actually, thirty more than thirty of these uh, financial leaders are from the leading global financial institutions, uh, from their CEOs or uh, their chairman. I, I think so. It's, in a way, it's very encouraging that we are seeing a very strong lineup uh, of our guests. Um, I think the um, key thing here is to. Um, uh, 
reconnect. Uh, now, Hong Kong as a global uh, business and financial hub, um, I think connectivity or inter- global connectivity um, is so important that um, it underpins the success uh, of Hong Kong. And Unfortunately, I think because of COVID in the past three years, uh, many of these leaders have not been able to set foot in, in Hong Kong. And Hong Kong being a very important contributor to their um, revenue and profit, uh, not just for Hong Kong, but also uh, because Hong Kong is the regional head, uh, headquarters and we are also overseeing the business in uh, Asia Pacific region. So I think there's every reason for them to actually come to Hong Kong to see what's really happening here and more importantly, connect with their staff and connect with their clients. Uh, I think this is very important and we're very happy that we have this opportunity to welcome back, them back to Hong Kong and do all this business and see for themselves uh, actually what's happening. And one of the themes you mentioned is sustainable um, finance. This is an area really, isn't it, where Hong Kong has a real opportunity to, to shine and, and outperform and be a regional and also a global uh, center for sustainable finance and connect uh, with the, Hong, uh, the mainland China markets as well um, in doing things like trading carbon credits and so on. What mm. do you see as the opportunities there? Well, you're spot on. I, I think um, we have a huge uh, potential and opportunities here. Um, now, for one thing, uh, mainland has already set very clear targets of um, uh, the so-called 30, uh, 60 uh, t- uh, dual targets uh, for their uh, uh, emission um, uh, national agenda. So, uh, and there's just requirement for lots of capital investment in that process just to transition to net zero. And in this process, I, I think Hong Kong can play a great role. Um, a couple of things that uh, we can contribute. Uh, for example, in the capital markets, uh, we have been a major platform for mainland firms um, to raise capital, either in bonds, in equities, and and uh, the way that we have propel, uh, 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 promoting green finance is actually very uh, important to help them uh, green their whole financial system. For example, the disclosure requirements mandated by the stock exchange, that will have a huge impact on many of the uh, mainland corporates listed in, here in Hong Kong. And the fact that many of the um, uh, mainland corporates, they are also issuing green bonds or raising green capital in Hong Kong, um, the way they do it, actually, they will have to align with international standards. So that will also be an important uh, indicator of um, their willingness to actually subscribe to international standards. And that will also certainly encourage more international global investors uh, investing in the mainland's green projects or their uh, 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 transition efforts. Um, So, and then, for example, uh, and then the other aspect is actually that efforts now go beyond just corporates. Uh, so just last week, we are seeing uh, new municipal uh, governments in the mainland coming to Hong Kong to raise green or blue capital. And, and I think this is just the beginning. We have still lots to come in the years to come. And, and the key to all of that working, of course, is uh, connectivity, connectivity with the mainland, connectivity uh, globally. Has Hong Kong now fully recovered from the pandemic and is Hong Kong uh, back to its full vibrancy and ready to reconnect with the international uh, business 
and financial community? I think we are doing exactly that. Uh, I could not say that we are 100% back to normal, but uh, we are getting there. So what we are organizing, uh, the the summit, um, I hope it's a strong message to the world that we are reopening. Just imagine there are so many heavyweights from the world of finance. So their presence here uh, will be a very strong testament uh, to the rest of the world that we are reopening. I, I think that's important. The uh, direction of travel uh, is important. And on the reopening, the CE announced in his policy address measures to attract talents, business and investment to Hong Kong. Um, We've seen more than 113,000 residents, including many uh, expats. They've, They've left Hong Kong in the 12 months of June. Why should talent return to Hong Kong or or come to Hong Kong for the first time? Could you give us a bit of a sense of how we get those people back? Um, I think... uh Talent will look for opportunities and talent will look to a place where they find that the um, living style is really good. And for Hong Kong, I think we definitely got both. Um, now, despite the COVID and all the travel restrictions, I think the fundamentals here in Hong Kong are still very strong. We have very robust economic system. Um, and then the growth prospect in particular is also very encouraging. So um, I, I do think that uh, we just keep on doing what we're very strong at. And as we reopen, then definitely uh, people will come back. And talking about lifestyle, I, I think uh, Hong Kong is definitely uh, one of the best sports in Asia to offer a cosmopolitan international um, environment uh, for people from um, uh, all over the world. And I would believe that actually we are very welcoming cities to people from other parts of the world, whether they're from the mainland or from overseas. This is a place they can actually work and live uh, happily uh, with their family. Daryl Chan. Deputy Chief Executive Officer of the Hong Kong Monetary Authority was speaking to Peter Lewis on Money Talk. I know it's a bit too early for afternoon tea, but I'll leave you with Steve James, who will be making a tribute to Jerry Lee Lewis, who sadly passed away last week. That's it from me. I hope you enjoyed your time with me here on The Week on 3. I'm Christy Lai. RTHK Radio 3. The factories may be roaring mm. with the boom-a-lack-a, zoom-a-lack-a, wee. Boom-a-lack-a, zoom-a-lack. But there isn't any roar when the clock strikes four. four. Everything stops for tea. Here we go. Oh, they may be playing football and the crowd is yelling, kill the referee. I kill the referee. But no matter what the score when the clock strikes four, everything stops for tea. Okay, finally got round to this. October the 28th. We lost rock and roll's first great wild man. It's a little tributette to Jerry Lee Lewis. If you hear somebody knocking on your door, if you see something falling across the floor, baby, it'll be me. And I'll be looking for you. If you see a head of peeping from across that hole, if you see somebody climbing up a telephone pole, baby, it'll be me. Search all the forest 
That's when you got some 